walking with God uh, through pain and suffering. A great book, if you see it, if it's in, I don't know whether it's in the library here, Tim Keller, uh, Tim Keller uh, uh, was the founding pastor of Redeemer Church uh, in New York City. I think he's retired, uh, but he headed up also the Gospel Coalition. He's been part of that. But the book, Walking with God Through Suffering uh, and Pain, pain, Through Pain and Suffering, uh, is a marvelous book, and it's one that uh, I think is an issue that all of us deal with from time to time. And um, uh, so maybe my words will have some encouragement for us today. Let's pray. Let's pray. God, we acknowledge your presence here with us. For this is a special moment for all of us to be gathered in this holy place, to be in your presence. And so I pray that you would take the words that I prepared and speak through them to each one of us, that there may be a word or two that applies to our lives. So may the words of my mouth and the, the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our living Redeemer. Amen. I wonder how many of you can think back a few years ago and remember the early Staples ads, the Staples, the business store, the ads about people who were in difficult circumstances facing some daunting challenges that appeared to have no easy solution, but having access to that big red easy button. You remember that ad? Well, in 2005, when they launched that series, um, um, they launched it with three 30-second commercials uh, at the Super Bowl game of that year. They were depicting a, a, school, a school child in school who doesn't know the answer to the teacher's question. And then there was also one of a cowboy uh, wrangling with a bucking horse and not sure what to do, and a father trying to change diapers of twin infants, and then a surgeon performing an unusual surgery and in every instance, all hope would be lost if it was not for the appearance of that easy button. I pulled up the clip, uh, the video clip of that uh, commercial, and if it shows up, we're going we're gonna to watch that uh, video for just 30 seconds. So N equals what? Josh. <laughs> well, you can hear it. <laughs> well, it was there. <laughs> there we go. Josh. Today we'll be performing a triple hopping with a procedure. But you've never done that before. That's okay. Wouldn't it be nice if there was an easy button for life? Now there's... 
Wouldn't it be nice for your business if there was a an easy button? That was easy. Okay, Staples. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if there was an easy button for life? We'd all like that. But we all know that there is no such thing as an easy button. Singer-songwriter Michael Card wrote these words a few years ago. We were created to live with God in a garden, and yet we wake up every morning in the desert of a fallen world. Major illnesses, death, family divorces, nations in conflict, somewhere around 95,000 cases of the coronavirus globally that have now claimed at least 3,200 lives, or those 25 victims of the deadly tornado that ripped through the eastern side of Nashville, Tennessee, just a day after Carol and I had driven through Nashville last weekend coming home from Florida. My friends, on any given Sunday, we worship here alongside people struggling to count their blessings. And meanwhile, somewhere else in the world, children are going hungry, falling ill, and being persecuted. It truly is a messy world. And I think that Michael Card was right when he said, we wake every morning in the desert of a fallen world. Psalm 88. Psalm 88 is like no other chapter in the entire Bible. For I believe it's a psalm for our kind of world today. It is jarring. It's uncomfortable for sure. Psalm 88 is a psalm for bad times. The truth is there is no easy button for life. And as one commentator described this psalm, he said it's like an embarrassment to conventional faith. Psalm 88 is a song of sorrow, a psalm of deep sadness filled with tears and weeping. And in all of Scripture, you will not find a gloomier text than Psalm 88. As George Robertson did last week, he had you read a psalm alternately with him. And I took his suggestion, and we're going to do it again today. But we're going to read Psalm 88. I'll read a verse, and you will read the alternate verse. So if we can have that up, please. O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out to you by day. I come to you at night. For my life is full of troubles and death draws near. They have left me among the dead and I lie like a corpse in a grave. I am forgotten, cut off from your care. Your anger weighs me down. 
with wave after wave you have engulfed me. My eyes are blinded by my tears. Each day I beg for your help, O Lord. I lift my hands to you for mercy. Can those in the grave declare your unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? O oh Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. I have been sick and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate before your terrors. They swirl around me like floodwaters all day long. They have engulfed me completely. Most of the Psalms in the Bible end on a note of hope, but not this one. In Psalm 88, it is difficult to love a God who seems to not love us. Psalm 88 is without a doubt the darkest and the saddest of all the Psalms. It is a cry of a believer who sounds an awful lot like Job, the cry of one whose life is utterly abysmal, who desperately seeks an answer from a God, from God but who is unable to get God to respond. Psalm 88 is the only psalm in the entire collection of 150 psalms in which a heart poured out to God in pain and agony does not receive any relief or consolation. Do you have times like that? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands this morning, but if you were really honest with yourself, do you ever have moments in life when it feels like God does not hear you? Have you ever felt like it's impossible to feel the presence and comfort of God in your moments of physical, emotional, or spiritual difficulties? And if you say yes, if you say yes, let me assure you, you are very normal. Heman, the ascribed writer of this psalm, is surrounded by a world of darkness. And I would suggest to you this morning that there is a tendency in many of our churches today to minimize discouragement, and to muzzle expressions of lament, and even to deride those who may have doubts in God's goodness and his presence. 
but Heman. Heman holds nothing back in his complaints with God. And wailing at God, he says, I am full of troubles. I am forgotten, cut off from your care. You have thrust me down to the lowest pit, into the darkest depths. And in fact, this word darkness appears three times throughout the psalm. Yes, it is possible to pray and to pray and to endure and still some things just don't get better. We can live right and remain in darkness. And in fact, it's the very last word of the psalm. Darkness is my closest friend. And as one commentator said of this psalm, it's a forceful way, the, that, those last few words, is a forceful way of saying bluntly to God, and you are not the friend. Somewhere along the journey of our life, there will be times of pain and suffering of chronic illnesses that won't go away, of inoperable cancers, or a death of a loved one, or marriage and family breakdowns, or employment contracts that will fail, and so on goes the list. And some of these agonizing moments will be more debilitating to us than others. And there will be moments in life when we will all face dark times in our lives when events surrounding your life and my life will become chaotic and painful and no sense that God is with you at all. Well, I'm sure you've heard comments like these from well-meaning friends. Oh, thing, things will get better. Just trust God and, and you'll get past it all. This too shall pass. Just press the easy button. But to be really honest with you, there are times that I cannot say that. There are times that the easy button just doesn't work. There is just at times the pain, the darkness that won't go away. And we cry out asking, where? Where is God when it really hurts? Why has God allowed life to turn out this way? Why doesn't, it, why doesn't it appear that God, or why does it appear that God turns a deaf ear to our deepest cries and concerns? And yet in the New Testament, we hear these words from the Apostle Paul, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to God's purposes. But unfortunately, in life, there are times that it just doesn't agree with Paul. And that's where the honesty of the psalmist rails out at God. Listen again to what Heman said. I'm standing my ground, God, shouting for help at my prayers every morning, on my knees every daybreak. Why? Why, God, do you turn a deaf ear why do you make yourself scarce? 
for as long as I remember I've been hurting. And I've taken the worst you can hand out and I've had it. I've had it. I believe Heman's life can be a mirror for the realities of our own lives. For here is a man who has been inundated with some kind of physical, emotional, or spiritual pain. A season of darkness that seems to hang on for a very long time. Maybe even since his birth. And the waves of despair are crushing him. So whatever it is that thrusts us into our times of physical, emotional, and spiritual pain and despair, even to be on our knees like Heman, praying and praying and praying for a long time, even, even living a good life, doing all the right things, believing in the saving power of God, like Heman, we can have a relationship with God and still be plunged into a season of darkness, wondering whether or not if our faithful prayers mean anything. Like Heman, times of disconnection from the love and care of God can be very real. And all we feel at times is the utter abandonment of God not a lot different from what Simon and Garfunkel sang in the opening lines of their song some years ago, Hello, darkness, my old friend. Reverend David Jeremiah, an American preacher, in a recent publication entitled, What Are You Afraid Of?, writes this. We've invented so many new ways to connect with others, yet we feel more disconnected than ever. Paradoxically, our world, he says, is filled with bustling crowds of isolated people. Sometimes the least likely people are the loneliest. Disconnectedness has spread like a disease in our world where most people live without the support of community, where the Internet replaces face-to-face -face conversation, where the average job lasts about two years, where people often move across the country and from marriage to marriage. In this age of technology, the possibilities of being alone have increased exponentially. In his commentary on this text, Dr. Derek Kidner says, the very presence of these prayers in Scripture are witness to God's understanding. For God knows how we speak and when we are desperate. And you know what's really very interesting about this psalm? This psalm of darkness? This psalm that sounds so hopeless? At times, even, at times it even looks like human is just completely losing it all. Even at the very end when Heman says, darkness is, is a better friend to me than you. He was still, Heman was still in a relationship with God, continuing to love God for who God is, regardless of his present circumstances. For even in the midst of 
life's worst circumstances, it is still possible to talk to God, to have a relationship with God. The pressure, pressure of that choice, writes Tim Keller in the book I referred to, will turn your heart into something great, something wonderful, something beautiful, just like pressure turns a lump of coal into a diamond. I'm struck with the heroes of faith, of their perseverance, the stories that we read in Hebrews chapter 11, compared to the fickleness of my own faith. And after listing, listing many of those believers whose lives were inflicted with torture, ridicule, imprisonment, and violent death, we read these verses, uh, these words in verse 39 of chapter 11 in Hebrews. These were all commended for their faith, and yet none of them, none of them received what had been promised. No easy button for a better life. No, happily, no happy ending at the end of their stories, at least not in this world until eternity came. Throughout Psalm 88, we get the picture that the psalmist was simply describing himself as a man of constant sorrows. But I don't believe it was really about him. In Isaiah 53, the prophet Isaiah talks about the suffering servant, the one who was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. You remember these words? We sang them yesterday at Bob Little's funeral. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and the best for a world of lost sinners was slain. For on that cross, Jesus, our suffering servant, experienced the absolute darkness of Psalm 88. There is a song that says, How great the pain of searing loss the Father turns his face away. From noon until 3 o'clock in the afternoon, according to Matthew's gospel, darkness came over that whole land. And about 3 in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that hour of darkness, darkness was Jesus' only friend. But here's the good news. Jesus drank so deeply from the cup of God's wrath so that you and I may know that our God will never leave us nor forsake us because Jesus entered the ultimate darkness of separation from God because of our sin, there was always hope for us. For even in the darkest moments of your life, God ever remains our friend 
shining the light of his love into our lives. For God will never leave us nor forsake us. Because of Jesus, darkness, darkness is not the last word. There is always hope beyond the hopelessness of Psalm 88. For within its dark ending, Psalm 88, I believe, points us to a bright new beginning. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And no matter how deep your pain and sorrow might be at this moment, or at some time on down the road, God's word ever remains with us, that his word will always be a lamp for our feet and a light to our path. In our darkest moments of doubt and despair, Jesus will always be our hope, a light for you in dark places when other lights go out. Because Jesus walked the path of pain and suffering, you and I can know today that on our path of pain and suffering, we do not walk alone. In the prologue of John's gospel are these words. His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Jesus, not the darkest realities of your life, will always be your closest friend. Jesus is our lighthouse shining in the darkness. He gives us strength when we feel weak. He listens to the afflicted. He comforts the mourning. He hears our cries and he feels our pain. Jesus is our healer, our deliverer, and our rescuer. He is the stronghold of our life. He is our peace in the midst of the troubled sea, an anchor when the billows roll. Jesus is the good shepherd who walks with us, who walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus' love is unfailing. His faithfulness is new every morning. For Jesus is our hope. And he alone will turn your mourning into dancing and your weeping into joy. I'm always moved with the selection of music that Robin chooses. And she has chosen a piece today to, to close our worship. And I'm going to invite the, the Robin and the band to come up and to, Give them a moment to get here. Whatever darkness that you might be experiencing today, hold on to these words and invite you to close your eyes and listen as I read them as our closing prayer for this worship. Would you bow with me in prayer? Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall, but you have never failed me yet. 
waiting for change to come, knowing the battle's won, for you have never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. I know the night won't last. Your word will come to pass. My heart will sing your praise again. Jesus, you're still enough. Keep me within your love. My heart will sing your praise again.